You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to The Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about increasing your cash flow using real estate. And I'm super excited to have a very special guest and expert, Tyler Sheff. Let me tell you all about him. He's a real estate and financial services expert who has helped everyone from veterans to veterinarians handle their debts a little better and to generate passive income through wise investments. He is a U.S. Army Gulf War era veteran. He owned a trucking business, worked as a local police officer, a charter captain above a U.S. government research ship, and then he went back to real estate. He is the founder of thecashflowguys.com and host of the Cashflow Guys podcast, one of the fastest moving, growing shows in the iTunes business category. His passion is helping busy professionals achieve their wealth building goals by showing them how to invest in real estate. Welcome, Tyler. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? I think you nailed that one, Nancy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> what a cool background. Almost everything going on, huh? That's right. That's right. Were you in the Gulf War? Uh, well, I kind of had it easy, I got to say. I did get credit for being in the Gulf War, but admittedly, I I, uh, I had it easy. I was a general's bodyguard, so I didn't have to really go into combat. I just uh, got to drive around wearing a suit and a nice pretty car, and uh, <laughs> we were over in Germany at the time. So it was interesting, but I didn't have to see any true combat. Well, that's still an important role because the generals have to make decisions, so we that need they them. Do. That they do. So every single role counts. So very cool. Thank you for your service. We appreciate that. Thank you. I checked over your website, and you really are an end-to-end -end company for the investor, which I think is amazing. Of all of your services, what do you find is the most requested one? Because my guess is either finding the deals or finding the financing. Am I close? You are. We don't. We generally don't fund other people's deals to to as one people would mostly think. But probably our most popular service is deal review. In other words, people go out and find real estate opportunities, and and the one thing that they're not good at is discovering do they have a good deal or a bad deal. So I offer a deal review review service that's done by appointment, where if they they fill out a questionnaire that's admittedly lengthy, so that I can get all the information I need. They fill that out uh, completely, send it over to us for a small fee. Uh, we will, I'll go through the deal with them beginning to end and make sure, number one, they fully understand it, but more importantly, that it, it makes sense and matches their investor identity. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's, we get a lot of requests for that. So, Do you use a template? I do. Uh, I use a little web program. It's called a Property Evaluator. And what it does is... It, it's not really that expensive. I think it's like $60, $70. And when you're a guy that does real estate for a living, that's well worth the investment for a piece of software, that's for sure. But I'll use that to go through and it kind of puts out nice reports and displays everything to people so they can truly understand the good, bad, the indifferent about their investment. It breaks it all down for them. That's so cool. And I love it because it's a system. It's repeatable. You probably designed the spreadsheet one time. 
and it spits out the reports all day. Exactly. So and what, what, well, a lot of people like it because the reports it puts out, it's owned by a guy I know by the name of Jason Hartman. Uh, he owns the company, the, uh, the software company that builds this thing. But it puts out these really crisp, clean reports. So when you take it to the finished product to a lender, they look at it, they can clearly see everything about the deal. And it helps the, the banks actually, the, the more inclined to underwrite the deals responsibly because they can see everything right in front of them. It's full disclosure. So it works out quite well. Oh, so it's dual purpose, not only deciding if you should go forward, but also helping you get the, the backing. That's really cool. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I also saw that you help people find the right asset class. And I think a lot of people figure houses are what they should be investing in, but you had all sorts of things, storage. How do you help people find that right class and even update them? They probably don't even know it exists. Well, I think what you'll find is that most people lean towards, well, I'm going to start with a single family house. And, and in today's marketplace, unless you're investing along what I call the Rust Belt, which is like Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, those areas, fine, you could probably still buy single family houses for cash flow. But in most other places of the country, you'd have a difficult time getting your traditional retail purchased home to spin off a cash flow. You know, there's all these turnkey companies and they make it look really good on paper. The reality of it is when you, when you get peel the wrapper off, you'll find out that a lot of folks wind up writing checks to their investment properties instead of their investment properties writing checks to them. So we help them through the podcast, through Cashflow Guys podcast, I help educate them on how to do all the math, you know, how to know all the expenses, not just the ones that the realtor shows you or the ones that the seller shows you, but the true expenses, that which you're actually going to write a check for every month so that you can forecast what your costs are for the year. When you know what your income is and you know what your costs are, you can clearly define what your profit is. And a lot of people find after using, going through a lot of my podcast episodes, they find that they've actually been writing checks to their investment properties all along and they don't realize it. So I think we do a lot of good in the marketplace for that. That is really important. When I, when I bought my first investment property, it was a four family. I still have it, 14 years old, but it cash flowed. $50 a month. And I was super excited. At least it was positive. And over time, though, of course, the cash flow got higher and higher as expenses went down and rents went up. But I can, $50 at the time, I was expecting a lot more. But at least it, it still cash flowed. So that would have been really helpful for me back then. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I actually, Nancy, I put together a free course uh, to help people. It teaches you over the series of about four or five videos how, to, how I analyze deals. So you can actually do it yourself if you want to. And I oh, think is, that's something well, is that something we could share with the listeners? Is it Absolutely. Still, oh, why don't you tell people how to find that? That would the, be awesome. Thank the you. The best way to get that is uh, cashflowguys.com. That's my website. And then put a forward slash mailbox money because I don't believe in investing in real estate for speculation. I don't talk about flipping houses. I don't talk about wholesaling or any of those risky strategies. I'm all about buy a property, hold it as long as you possibly can. That way you don't lose money. And I put together this little video series. It's like four or five videos showing you how to walk through the deal step-by-step step as far as the numbers. And it actually uses the software I was talking about um, where you can go through and you'll learn everything you need to know about the numbers of a deal. And that's absolutely free. I just kind of put that out there as a public service. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you. Cashflowguys.com slash mailbox money. Money. That's correct. Okay. Very, very cool. So speaking of cash flow, I saw that you like a lot of rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Do you actually make people play that game? 
Oh, I don't make them, but they do show up voluntarily. I'm just kidding you. They, uh, yeah, we do. And it's funny you mentioned it because a lot of, I've had people show up to my events and they're free. We do them in our, in our community. We, we do these to educate people because number one, if we're going to invest with anybody, we want to make sure they, they have an understanding of what they're getting into. Um, so I initially started these events to educate my future investors and to meet more people. And it's evolved now. Now I do it at a, at a local IRA company. I'll get, sometimes I've had as many as 100 people in the room. But what's interesting, Nancy, is that when people show up, they see a board game on the table and they're going, oh, I'm, I'm not here to play games. I want to learn how to invest. I'm like, well, how about you give this a shot and see? And those people every time walk out of the room going, that was unbelievable. I can, I've learned more in three hours with, with playing this game than I have in $100,000 worth of real estate education. <laughs> it's a great game. And it actually takes a few rounds or a few times of playing it to really get the gist of what it takes to win. Because whether you get the nurse who makes 30000 a year or the doctor that makes 100000 either one of them can win. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's Absolutely. a really great game. We've got it here at our house. We haven't played it for a while, but it is definitely fun. So how about this one? You've heard that the money is made when you buy real estate, not sell, right? That's correct. So do you agree with that? And what are some tips to structure the deal in our favor? Well, for starters, I don't believe in paying cash at all. I won't pay cash for a property unless it's just, it would have to be a last resort. And I don't, I'm not an emotional buyer. So first of all, don't buy, don't pay cash. Always use leverage. You know, when you go to the stock market, if you want to buy $100,000 worth of stocks, you have to produce $100,000 cash. But you can buy $100,000 worth of real estate for $3,000 cash. So first of all, I'm a big believer in the principles of leverage. Um, as far as making your money when you buy, you know, you got to think about, and many people think that we're in a, I hear that people say that we're in a seller's market or, you know, in a couple of years ago, it was we're in a buyer's market. There really is no seller's or buyer's market if you're focused on solving problems. Now that may sound cliche, but bear with me a second. Let me explain. The average person goes and, and makes an offer. They, they get out a sheet of paper, a contract. They, they make an offer based on what the seller's asking price is. So the seller only can judge the offer based on the price. There's no other element to base it on. So whoever pays the most in a quote unquote seller's market wins, right? That's the offer they usually sell. And that's the only game that most realtors actually have. And I am a realtor is they will get, get the sellers on board with taking the highest cash offer. Well, a lot of times I've bought properties where I've been able to pay more than asking price because the seller was willing to give me terms. So and by terms, I mean payments for their equity. You see, they're not loaning me money. They're taking payments for their equity. By doing that, I can save the, the seller, in some cases, a small fortune in taxes, number one. Number two, I can provide them a stream of income, predictable stream of income over time that outpaces inflation. And your employer can't do that. You know, I don't care how much you make at work every day, you're not outpacing inflation. You're, a portion of your paycheck is being absorbed by inflation. But if you sell a house on terms, you can actually receive payments that have an interest rate tied to them in most cases. And that interest rate, we can structure it so that it outpaces inflation. So it creates a win-win for everybody. For me as the buyer, it saves me a small fortune in closing costs. Because don't kid yourself to think that, that the mortgage industry isn't, is making money off the interest rates at 3%. They're making money off the closing costs. Oh, for sure. 
Well, what a great answer because I've got a rental home in St. Louis, not my four family, and someone and it's going to be available for rent in a week. Someone called up and said, "Are you open to a rent to own deal? Do you have any experience with that?" I do. Um, we've got a couple of different ways to structure that depending on what state you're in, but lease options are quite possible uh, and and quite uh, common actually in St. Louis. I I had some guys on my show. That's that's all they do for a living is lease option houses to, to people. Maybe they were the ones that called me. Right. Maybe part of the problem with that is, is that especially today in today's market, is people are, are forecasting the value two years from now, let's say, or three years from now. What could be dangerous there is that for some people, and depending on how it shakes out with the market, it could be dangerous for the seller or dangerous for the buyer. Let's say if you're the owner, the current owner of the property, and they agree that, you know, the buyer says, hey, I'll pay you you know, it's now worth a hundred thousand. I'll pay you 110,000 in three years. Well, three years comes and goes. And at the end of three years, we have a market adjustment again, which we all know is going to happen at some point. We've, we've reached our plateau. We're going to have to start going the other direction. So now the home, let's say is worth, I don't know, $80,000. Will that buyer want to pull the trigger? No. Uh, and when they don't want to pull the trigger, now what do you do? Well, you can sell it to somebody else, but you sold it you're going to have to sell it at seventy or $80,000, right? Right. So you've lost the opportunity to capture the high market. That so was that, exactly what was going through my head. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. Plus, I didn't know how to structure how much of their monthly payment would go toward principal versus rent. Well, actually, in some states, it's illegal for the monthly payment, any portion of the monthly rent payment to go towards principal. Oh, good to know. It's actually against the law. Not in every state, but in, mo in most states, that's now considered illegal. So have you done any podcast episodes on this particular thing that I should go listen to? Uh, we, have did a, we did a podcast, I think it was right around episode 50 or 52, when I had the guys from St. Louis on there about lease options. So if you go to my website, cashflowguys.com, and you go to the podcast page, and in the search box, type in lease or lease option, uh, you will probably pull up that episode, and it will... Uh, It'll it get you going. And those are some, it's called joint ops. I think they're called in St. Louis. Great guys. And they're truly experts in that strategy. That's really cool. The other thing I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, like if somebody missed it, someone who is in one of those agreements doesn't pay on time or violates part of the lease, you get to keep all of the money and the deal's over. I know I'm probably not wording it right, but have you heard anything like that? You're, you're right with some exceptions. It, it comes down to, will the judge agree with you or not? <laughs> Here's what happens. If you get a tenant that doesn't contest it, great. But in a lease option, sometimes the option consideration is rather significant. Lately, we've had some judges in, across the country overturning those, okay? And ruling in favor of the tenant because they feel sorry for the tenant, even though the, the right. tenant didn't do their job. Some cases, maybe the seller didn't do their job. When that happens, so it's not as cut and dry as you get to keep the money. You get to keep the money, but prepare for a fight. If someone's going to lose ten thousand dollars, you can you can bet that they're going to spend twenty five hundred hiring an attorney to defend ten grand. That totally makes sense. Well, I appreciate you giving me a little bit of insight on that because it's I searched the internet, and didn't find a lot, and then just decided I love the cash flow anyway. Right. So I'm going to go with that. How about reducing turnover, tenant turnover in our rentals? Any tips on that? We've been really good at that. that that's a, a, a monster for a lot of folks, for, actually for most investors. And one of the things that I started doing right away is we think of our tenants. So we've changed our mindset. Everybody on my team, our mindset is our tenants are our clients. Okay? 
They are. We, they totally we work are. for them. Um, there, there is no superiority, inferiority complex going on between us and the, and the tenants. They are, we are there to serve them. And it is our responsibility to provide them clean, safe, affordable housing. When you begin with that attitude and that mindset, everything starts to change. You see your tenants, number one, you're going to do a good job starting out screening good tenants, making sure that you qualify the tenants, making sure that you, that they can afford the rent. And for us, that looks like three times they have to bring home after taxes, three times the rent amount per month. So if the rent's a thousand dollars, they have to have a bring home pay per month of $3,000 period. If they don't have that, and I'm not talking about gross, I'm talking about net because we can't spend gross, right? Right. If they don't have that, they don't move in. It's that simple. Uh, also, we structure our, our uh, leases in a way that it allows them, everybody to win. We give them a, a built-in, a baked-in discount. You see, we know that we're going to bring good people in and we're going to trust them until they give us an opportunity not to. Based on that, let's say we've got rented $1,000. I will give them a $100 discount if they pay prior to the 30th of the month. Okay? So they'll be realistically, I set my rent at, if market rent's 900, I'll actually put it at a, at a thousand and then I'll offer a hundred dollar discount for on-time rent. I've seen that tactic. I haven't done it myself, but I do like how that is. It works and, really and well. I also have, yeah, I have the same rule of three times the rent after taxes. One That's, thing that I do, I have very low turnover as well with my rentals is I send out Christmas cards and I, in July, I give people a $10 gift card to Cold Stone Creamery and say, you know, it's resident appreciation month, go enjoy ice cream on us. And little touches like that and sending birthday cards because we know their birthday, it's on their application. And you can totally automate this with different systems. Make such a difference and standing out as a landlord than just treating people as tenant landlord, as you said. Absolutely. You know, if you I'm add sure. up what they pay in a year at a thousand dollars, that's twelve thousand. That's a pretty nice customer. It is. You know, I talked to somebody recently who was a dentist, and they said the average customer value for them is fifteen hundred dollars. I'm thinking, well, any one of my tenants is worth a lot more than your patients. Yeah, it's nice that the dentist knew that number. I like that. Exactly. Now you think about we use a, a service a lot called Send Out Cards. That's where what I, I can, use. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know, you can you can send them all kinds of little niceties. We do that around Christmas time and send them out a little something, something. And when they renew the lease, we give them a little, a little gift. It varies depending on the person. We do but, that um, too. It, makes it works, such doesn't a huge it? Totally doesn't worth it, it, Tyler. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, um, some, to send so many berries or flowers is so much cheaper than to have a vacancy and then going through the uncertainty of having a new person. It, it can get really messy. So I'm glad that you're doing that as well. So uh -huh. Tyler, are you ready for the fun question everybody gets on this podcast? I am ready. All right. If you had one more hour in your day, because I'm all about finding people time back in their life. If you had one more hour, 25 hours, what would you do with the extra hour? I would read. I'm only laughing because that has come up like four times in a row since I've done podcasts this week. <laughs> really? What would you read? Yeah, what would you read? I'm Fiction, in, I'm, nonfiction? I, I'm a nonfiction guy. I like the truth. And I would, something along the lines of self-development or self-improvement. That's good. Yeah, we can always be improving. That's an Absolutely. awesome thing. Would you sit outside and read? I love. I live in Florida, so for me, yes, I love being outdoors. Sit under a palm tree, break out the hammock, break out a great book, and learn something new. Every day, I can learn something new is a good day. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. So before we started the recording, you were sharing that you've got this amazing retreat or mastermind coming up in July. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes, that's, I'm pretty excited about that. This is basically a culmination of about almost three years of my labor putting this together. Here's why. I, when I got back, I got out of real estate for a couple of years after the market crashed. Not that I got hurt in the crash. I got out before the, the market crashed. But when I got back in, one of the things I found is that real estate gurus came out of nowhere. And I realized that you could easily spend $100,000 learning how to buy a $50,000 house. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And, I'm only laughing because the people call me about that all the time and saying, hey, come to our real estate course. It's 2000 to start, and then they upsell you into forty, fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 if you really want to know the rest and a coach, exactly. right? Exactly. And they seal the deal with you. We'll let you use our, our money to buy your properties if yes. they follow all the fine prints and the thing they talk too fast you can't understand. So, yeah. <laughs> but to unwind all that, I broke it down. Here's the thing. Real estate courses, and I know a lot of real estate educators, real estate courses are packed with fluff. You know, they always send the picture up on the screen of all these fancy books and CDs and thumbnail drive and iPad programs and all this stuff, right? At the end of the day, the student gets so overwhelmed, they don't know where to begin. And what I've learned from my cash flow events is people want the facts. You know, skip the fluff. Let's just get to the facts. Give me what I need that I can take action because I just want to buy some rental properties and retire. I don't want to earn my master's thesis on, on real estate. I simply want to buy a couple of small apartment buildings or some houses, whatever. So I put together, and the other thing I realized is that the number one reason why investors fail is because they don't understand how money works. Okay? They, they're, they're not good with money to begin with. My little joke is, is that most investors start out broke, most real estate investors that I found and they come to me and they go, well, I'm broke. I've got a, a credit score of a 300 and I lost my job. My house is in foreclosure, but I want to flip houses. It's like, oh, <laughs> you must have some sort of self-defeating attitude. I don't know why you'd want to possibly make it worse on yourself, but go ahead. <laughs> so I speak out aggressively about flipping houses. I'm not a big fan of it. So my, my mastermind is 10 weeks of intensive. We meet a couple times a week via video conference in a group. We start you with the mindset, okay? And it's not about you're a millionaire, real estate investor, all that garbage. No, it's about how, what, how sellers think, what other people think, what the, what the banks, the people that approve the loans or don't approve the loans, what's behind all that, the psychology of selling. Because the reality of it is, you're not going to go anywhere in business if you cannot sell. You have to learn how to sell. It's the absolute most important skill ever. So the mastermind covers that. We get into the mindset and, and we talk heavy about that. I'm a big fan of the book, The One Thing, prioritizing and not multitasking, getting laser focused on your goals and hitting them. In module two, I, I hit the taking personal and financial inventory. That's where I try to get people on board with the principles of rich dad, poor dad, right? right. We want to focus on getting assets and making sure that liabilities are reduced. We want to build passive income. We're not really worried about the active income. Anybody can do that. Just go get a job. We want to focus on passive income. We want to transition from that, that uh, self-employed person or employee, the E or the S, over to the B and the I. So we talk in depth on that. Investor identity is one thing. We touched on it earlier in this episode, but I wanted to hit that again. Investor identity, people don't know. What, what should I? I looked at a house yesterday, then a mobile home park and then a vacant lot, and then I looked at a condo and a timeshare all in a week, and they don't know which to buy, right? There's, it's overwhelmed, there's too much. So in that module three, 
my students have to get centered on a strategy that works for them. And they have to go through the process of understanding why that is. Once they're there, I don't let them out. They, if they say they're going to buy their apartment investor, then they're going to be an apartment investor through the whole process. The reason for this, Nancy, is that people get shiny object. We all know this. Um, and they say a person who chases many rabbits catches none. So you can't be all over the map in that regard. And that's what investor that's ideas the other couple modules are networking and marketing. That's heavy. I get really into the digital marketing, making things, you know, building marketing systems that work for you. I'm not a believer in advertising. I'm a believer in relationship marketing. So in other words, any marketing that we do provides value and it engages people and, and gives them something good in their life. That's how I build all my systems and we automate that process. And I teach the students how to do that so that they can kind of run this thing to say it's on autopilot would be a lie. Um, we teach them how to set it up and how to screen and hire the people to make it, make it run because let's be realistic, nothing runs on autopilot. Um, and then I go deep into finding opportunity in module six. And, you know, because there's more out there than the MLS. And what I teach my students is we don't focus on what's for sale. We focus on problems and we solve those problems. That's how we can get creative and use less and less of our money. And then in um, module seven is how can I keep this? That's deal structure. There's a million different ways to skin a cat, so they say, and I walk them through the most popular creative strategies that we do. And then we cover module eight, negotiations. That's an intense time. My students have to get out there and practice and get uncomfortable. We do live practice. So because nobody teaches negotiation, nobody teaches sales and marketing. It's not done in real estate, right? It's the most important, the three most important elements probably out there, but nobody teaches it. I have the only program that teaches that and requires live participation. Absolutely have to get through that. Most important sections besides that, of course, is keeping money in your pocket. We talked about being safe and that's due diligence. In week nine, it's all about making sure that we get what we think we're getting and that everything works out good. That's how we prevent ourselves from losing money before we close. And then the last and final module is the closing process. I walk them all the way through a closing so they understand everything about the closing process and beyond. In other words, okay, now you have this little apartment building. Now what do you do? You know, how do we raise the value? How do we make the tenants happy? How do we deal with this, with problems that come up? You know, with sometimes things are overlooked and we get into all that. So it's a great program. Wow. Really that excited sounds about like it. an amazing program. For people that like to do that, where can they get more information? Uh, you can go to cashflowguys.com and then forward slash MMM. And probably it's, it'll probably be on my tomorrow or the next day. It'll be on my homepage after this, this episode goes live. It'll be right on my homepage when you get there. And it's a great program. We did the beta version. We had a bunch of people in, in the beta. The testimonials were off the chain. I was, I got a little choked up actually because people were just blown away with the content. So I, I had a great time. That's perfect. Well, what an amazing course. Listeners, go out and check that out and see if it's a good fit for you. Tyler, what else do you want to add that I didn't even think to ask you? Maybe a closing quote or some inspiration? You know, from listening, from listening to your show, we, we are talking to a bunch of entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs that are looking for system, how to systematize their business, how to take their business to the next level, how to get financially free. And I'm going to start with saying, before you think of investing outside of yourself, look inward. But the, your best investment is standing in front of you if you're looking in the mirror. 
take some time, invest in yourself. And I think if you invest in yourself, your business will grow concurrently. Wow, that is powerful. I like that. Start with yourself. Kind of like put your own mask on in the airplane before you put on somebody else's sitting next to you. Absolutely. And that makes you a better person. Awesome. Tyler, thanks so much for taking time to be on the show today. Lots of great, valuable information. Listeners, I am looking for business owners interested in becoming part of my CEO Inner Circle. It's a private coaching group by invitation only for serious businesses making over $1 million in revenue. Email me at nancy at nancygains.com. We can chat more. If you love this show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.